Welcome back to Lords of Order, a Dr. Fate fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. Dr. Fate is a DC Comics character, for those of you who this may be your first podcast. Keep in mind that I do spoil the books that I talk about. Today, though, it shouldn't be too much of a problem, and I'll get into that here in just a sec. But first, if you want to send some feedback, you can send that to the Dr. Fate Fan Podcast at gmail.com. The website is bigtimenoise.com slash Dr. Fate. And Lords of Order also have pages on Facebook and Google Plus where you can see the episodes uh, when they go live and you can leave comments. Now, the book this episode is the 1995 Spectre Annual 1, and this Spectre is the 1992 volume of the Spectre, or uh, perhaps other places you'll see it listed as Volume 3. I don't like using numbers. I like to use the year that the book came out. The story is going to be, or is not going to be, it is entitled Lost in Memory. And this issue was written by John Ostrander, penciled by Pat Olaf, inked by Phyllis Novin, lettered by Todd Klein, and colored by Digital Chameleon. Now, again, for those of you that are new, or perhaps those that just haven't listened in a little while, uh, what I'm doing with the podcast is talking about Dr. Fate chronologically, as he appeared, every other episode, and then the every other episode, I'm talking about his new appearances um, that when I started the show basically were occurring in Earth 2 from the New 52 uh, DC books. So this is a old Dr. Fate episode and the chronology, the point that I'm at, according to a list that I use that I'll dig out the website here at the end of the show and, and throw at you. This is Dr. Fate's next chronological appearance, albeit in a Spectre issue. Now, when this opens, we see Jim Corrigan has um, asked a preacher that's a friend of his to meet him out at the waterfront. And he is um, he's, he's suffering some melancholia right now because this, as the story opens, is the anniversary of his death as Jim Corrigan and or his birth as the Spectre, whichever you want to think about, whichever one is bothering him most, perhaps both of them. It's, it's hard to tell. So he relays his, uh, his origin story to this preacher, which in fact he is relaying to us, the reader, for those of us that may not have known. Um, some pivotal points here. In in his origin story, the impetus for him to be at a particular place at a particular time that led to his death as Jim Corgan was his then-girlfriend. In the process of coming back, the men that had her detained had used her to draw Corrigan in and had killed Corrigan and then had gone back to deal with her. So Corrigan has now returned, having gained powers as the Spectre. And in the ensuing battle of defeating the bad guys, his girlfriend took a bullet and is dying. To prevent that, he exercises his powers in a way and at a time that he had not done before. Now, he is just 
absolutely brand new. He's managed to kill the guys with his powers, but he really has no knowledge of r- remotely who he is or what he can do yet. So he, uh, as as the spirit specter enters her body, grabs her soul before she ascends to heaven and pulls her soul back into her body, keeping her alive long enough for her to get to the hospital and physically be saved by the surgeons. So he does end up saving her. Now, he decides that he is going to spend some time and think about what he is, what he has done, who he is, you know, his his whole point in being and, and other such deep things that mystery men, capes, superheroes, whatever you want to call them, will think about on occasion. He wanders the city in doing this. Uh, come to find out, that he no longer needs to sleep, actually, as as the specter or the specter inhabited Jim Corrigan or imbued Jim Corrigan. The exact relationship of where specter and Jim Corrigan begin and end uh, is has always been muddy, and that's always kind of um, interested me about the character. That question of you know is is one inhabited by the other or is one manifesting the other or what the relationship is and it it never really gets answered it just gets handled differently by the creators that use the character there never has been a definitive answer uh, and this comes up again in later incarnations of the specter as he inhabits uh, or as he is paired with i guess you could say uh, how jordan for a little while uh, Corpus, mm, whatever the detective's name was from uh, Gotham, the black detective that he hooks up with for a little while. I believe that's his most recent incarnation up until the New 52. So multiple human um, partners, hosts, whatever the word should be, but that um, concept of where one ends and begins and the other ends and begins never really gets treated definitively. So that's kind of a, a cool thing about the Spectre. Uh, besides, uh, also, those of you that may not be familiar with the Spectre, uh, the Spectre is the m- mean-looking dude that's always green and white When whenever you see DC heroes. Typically, whenever you see the Justice Society of America, He's the the green dude with, like, mystical powers. Uh, conceptually, the specter is supposed to be the vengeance of God, big G God, the God of, uh, of Christian religion. So he's a, a, a corporeal he's – a, he's a construct of a concept is, is basically what he is. So his power – probably would turn out to be limitless if, if you really wanted to test it. So Corrigan slash Spectre's wandering around the city, uh, stops a, a crime by killing the perpetrator in a, in a rather um, brutal method. And then he wanders in to a fortune teller. He feels drawn to the fortune teller. And they have a little tiff, and we find out that this is Madame Xanadu, who is also a very... Uh, big mystical character in the DC universe and she drops the comment that uh, I see we're not going to be as close during this incarnation as we have been in others. Pity. So the Spectre is a 
a being that has come and gone before, and we see that Madame Xanadu apparently has been around for a long time also, if you're reading this and had no knowledge of Madame Xanadu. Corgan continues walking around and doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't really come to anything. He, um, early on in the story, he ditched his partner. The Corrigan character was a police detective. When he came back as the specter, he got rid of his partner because he did not want to endanger his partner. After saving his girlfriend, he broke up with his girlfriend because he didn't want to endanger her either. So now, with all this new funkiness going on in Corrigan's life, he is, he is alone. He's pushed everyone aside. But at one point, a police detective who no one respects, who apparently is there in the police department because of who his dad is, and, and that's the only reason, finds out, and you would have to dig into the Spectre's story over the years, he finds out that Jim Corgan is the Spectre and approaches him with this idea that he knows. And he suggests to Corgan that he adopt the guise of and I use quotes here if you could see my my fingers, the Spectre, as one of these new mystery men that are starting to pop up uh, around the United States. Because at the time that this occurs to the Spectre, there are no superheroes around. It's a a totally brand new concept. So the Spectre, um, those that know their DC history, is one of the first known DC heroes, and and this is not only his origin story, but the origin story of that whole that whole thing as well, in kind of a off to the side kind of way. So they they team up and uh, have have adventures. This uh, fallible police detective and Jim Corgan slash Spectre. Well, he goes the Spectre. He uh, goes on a on a particular vengeance seeking flight here because when. The when people in need of vengeance die, their death calls out to the specter to alert him that it's going on. That's how he knows where and when to go. Well, when he gets to this particular place, he runs into a rather gaudily garbed blue and gold dude with a big face helmet on. Here is the point in the story where Dr. Fate plays a part, which is the whole reason that we're talking about the book. So at first, the Spectre and Dr. Fate kind of face off against each other because Dr. Fate is doing what Dr. Fate knows to be done. Uh, The Spectre comes in prepared to do what he knows needs to be done, and and the two are at odds. So they have a little little exchanging of um, uh, chest thumping, as it were. But that quickly stops because Spectre sees that Dr. Fate is not, you know, attempting to do anything. He asks what he is doing. Dr. Fate says he's here questioning this dude. And he gets some some uh, cryptic kind of words out of the guy before Fate's power just burns out the body and he evaporates into ash. Uh, we have some... You know, some key words here, the Pentagon, and let's see what else here. Creeping Abyss, Codex, Nightmare Codex, Micah Cole, you know, just some buzzwords. And they they put these buzzwords together. They know of a Micah Cole. 
this is occurring about the time that the Pentagon is being built, our Pentagon here in the U.S. And in his human guise, Corrigan does some digging and finds out about the Nightmare Codex being a secret program that the U.S. military is running. So with this new base for the military being built at the Pentagon, they go there to investigate. They run into Reverend James Powell, who Dr. Fate knows as the fighting father, the battling chaplain, battling chaplain, as he says in colloquial words here, um, is the general in charge, and he admits that he is in charge of this Codex Nightmare. Basically, what the U.S. military is doing is they have found out that Hitler is wanting to use the supernatural to win the war. And this has been on and off uh, throughout D.C. history that this was this was the case. I believe also in, in real history it's known that Hitler had a, an interest affinity towards the supernatural. Here in D.C., the spear that pierced Christ's side, um, I don't know what the name of that spear is, but that's off the top of my head. I, I can't remember what it's called, but that is an artifact that Hitler did have, and it does play a part in the DC universe, keeping the American and and other masked heroes out of Nazi Germany. The Spear of Destiny. That's what it's called. Um, the U.S. has sent archaeologists out looking for the Ark of the Covenant. So the U.S. has decided that in order to at the very least, keep Hitler at bay, if not defeat Hitler, they have to look into the supernatural just on the off chance it's real, just like Hitler is. So one of the programs that they're doing is through a uh, black arts practitioner who is very widely known in the black arts community, very powerful. They're working with him to gain favor or gain power from some of the ancient old ones, which is the uh, creatures of the Cthulhu mythos, to supplement American power and hold at bay or defeat Nazi Germany, defeat Hitler. So all of this is relayed by the chaplain to the specter and Dr. Fate, and as this conversation is going on, there's a huge eruption and the earth splits open because Micah Cole has taken this spell, this magical power, all of this that was being done uh, supposedly controlled by the U.S. and he has uh, he has subverted it to his goals, which is to bring the ancient old ones back to the earth. And those that have any familiarity with those myths at all are aware that that is supposed to destroy the earth because in order to make room for the development of man and such, those creatures were banished somewhere that they could not interfere in any way because of the magnitude of their powers. So now uh, Fate and Spectre are trying to hold off... Let's see which one this is. This is Koth Shagoth, is the Creeping Abyss. 
and it is coming through because of the magic spell that's been cast using uh, the deaths of convicted killers who have died on the chair or by injection or through whatever means as part of their legal penalty they must pay. And the formation of the Pentagon, which is a huge pentacle, which is a, a magical thing. So the specter kills the sorcerer, Cole, and then while while he was dealing with the occultist, Dr. Fate was holding the old one at bay. The specter now has joined the fight, having killed the black magician, to holding the old one at bay, and tells Dr. Fate to close the doorway as he pushes the creature in when the doorway closes he and the creature is on the other side and we we are all safe including dr fate on this side so in closing that rupture in time and or space whatever it turns out to be the specter has been trapped on the side of the ancient old one creature creeping abyss shug aloth goth whatever you want to call him so now we see a, uh, a a true manifestation, and this doesn't happen very often in in my reading of the Spectre. He always has the power that he needs, but here we see perhaps an example of a more uh, fullness of the power of God's vengeance, as the Spectre grows in size to the same size as this elder god and defeats it via physical combat. These creatures are always depicted as being monstrous in scale, if not planetary in scale. So this is how large the specter grows and how much power he has at his command. He's able to draw from. He defeats the Elder God comes back to our plane, and we see that Corrigan, in telling the story... Now remember, this is all a story that Corrigan is relaying to this pastor that's a friend of his. He relays that soon after this, his first meeting with Dr. Fate, he went on with Dr. Fate to help form the first superhero group, the Justice Society of America. And we have a panel here, and we see the original Green Lantern and Flash the original Hawkman Hawk Girl. We see um, Dr. Fate, the Spectre, Sandman, Wildcat, and um, another character whose name is escaping me. All I can think of is Mighty Might, but I don't think that was his name. He was the short hand-to-hand, really good fighter dude with the black, or with the blue mask completely over his head. Those of you that have seen the Justice Society, you'll recognize that character. I apologize for his name escaping me. Uh, we return to what is, is here and now as Corgan is talking to this pastor. Uh, he continues to tell the story of recent events that have put him in this melancholia that he is in. Uh, his father, he found out, was dying, and he went to wreak vengeance on his father, but his father's soul was taken by God before Spectre could do anything, and God kind of 
put him in his place saying, that is not what your powers are for. You are to seek my vengeance, not yours. A little while later, he goes back to the same house to speak to his sister, who also now has died. And basically, she tells him as she is leaving on her way to heaven that in the past 50 years, you haven't wanted anything to do with me physically. You know, you haven't wanted to interact with my body. So why would you want to now interact with my soul? Uh, Bye-bye. And she goes on to heaven. Um, So now, even more paralleling Spectre's origin where he pushed everyone away and was by himself was alone or lonely. Now we see that any connections he has also have been severed in that his family is now gone. So he is even more isolated. And so he is seeking some sort of grounding by speaking to this pastor, a man of faith, a man of God, you know, asking him. Now this pastor is also aware of the Corrigan Specter relationship there. So he asks him, you know, he's asking him for for grounding in essence, you know, who am I? What what am I to do? What is the point? And basically the pastor says that your point is exactly what you have been doing and exactly what you have been told and not having any higher knowledge, I really can't, you know, tell you. I can't speak on anything else. And they both walk side by side away from the waterfront, and that's where our story ends. Uh, Much more, of course, much, much more on the specter than it was Dr. Fate, but this is kind of a a pertinent point in Dr. Fate's history because it was his first encounter with the specter, which probably ultimately led to the formation of the Justice Society of America, according to this particular story. Now, as time goes on... There will be different impetuses as to the formation of the Justice Society of America. So it changes according to the whims of the creator using it. Next time out, we have issue 19 of Earth 2, which will be the current Dr. Fate's incarnation. And we'll find out more about him. So we'll see you guys in another couple weeks. Catch you later. Lords of Order is a Teal production, and as such is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, non-derivative, 3.0, unported license. 